He may be working in your life right now, in your finances, in your marriage, with your children, at work. Uh, you know, the enemy, just, you know, just anything that he can do, any open door. That's why the Bible says, don't give the enemy an open door. He says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. This is from Ephesians. He says, but because if you do, you've given the enemy an open door into your life. Unforgiveness gives the enemy a, an open door into your life. And that's where he comes in and, you know, he can settle in and, you know, it's like all of a sudden you're not thinking right, you're not praying right, you're not reading the word right. It's just like you've totally got all, gone off course. And so there's a story in the Old Testament about a king named Jehoshaphat. And I'm going to just pick up in Second Chronicles chapter 20. If you've got your Bibles or you could just watch on the overhead. And uh, this prophet came and he said... Uh, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. Now, the reason for this, this, uh, this conversation was that Jerusalem, where Jehoshaphat was king over Judah, that they were being invaded by three, uh, armies. Any one of the armies were larger than, uh, the king's army, Jehoshaphat's army. But three were coming against them at one time. And, you know, I mean, they rightfully so. They were concerned. You know, how are we going to deal with this? How, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, the numbers don't add up. It's kind of like tithing. You know, it's like, you know, I don't want to give because the numbers don't add up. When I, when I pay all of my bills, I don't have anything left to tithe. And it's like the numbers just don't work here. And, uh, the king is looking out and his, uh, watchmen, the uh, watchmen on the, on the wall, those that are along the watchtower are looking and seeing this vast army come against them. And they're looking at their army. And they're looking at this army. And the numbers just don't add up. Our army can't go out and fight this army. Uh, it's impossible. It's an impossible situation. But the prophet comes and he says, Listen, King uh, Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them, and they will be climbing up by the path of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow. The Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed down his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. And so, you know, it, it sounds crazy, but God's saying to them, the battle is not yours. The first thing that he says, if you'll notice, he says, don't be afraid. Now, this is the first key in, in us fighting any battle in our life as Christians. Uh, if we have fear, fear, you know, is just the opposite of faith. And fear keeps us from doing really what God wants us to do. Uh, when we find ourselves in the struggles of life, we can't give in to fear. We've got to look for faith. We've got to know that, you know, that God is there. He's bigger than our problems. And get God involved in your situation. Get God in. When you get God in, you don't have any worries. If God is there, if God is with you, the Bible says, if God is with you, who can be against you? Amen? All right. Uh, a good scripture to go with that is Second Timothy 1.7. And honestly, guys, I could give you hundreds of scriptures for each one of these points, but I'm going to, for the sake of 
uh, time today. I'm not going to do that. Second Timothy 1 7 for the God for God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's what he said. He said, fear not. That's what the prophet told Jehoshaphat. Fear not. He says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what? What's God given you? Power and love and a sound mind. All right. I mean, with that, with power and love and a sound mind, you can face any army. You can face any problem. You can face any challenge that comes against you in life. When God is with you. And the next thing that uh, he says to the prophet says to Jehoshaphat, he says, don't be dismayed or discouraged. Don't give, get overwhelmed by life. Um, Another thing that happens in battles is weariness. And we see, I mean, a great example of that is uh, when David comes back uh, from the battle of the Philistines. They come back to Ziklag, where that was their home. And as they come back, they realize that their houses have been burned, all their possessions have been stolen, and their wives and their children have been taken as well. They'd been off fighting a battle that they shouldn't have been fighting in the first place, that David aligned himself with the Philistines because he was afraid of Saul, and he was running with the Philistines, not running, you know, in fear with them. He was actually going out on a daily basis fighting with the Philistines. And uh, and so when they come back, everything that they had was lost. And uh, it, the Bible says that his men... The 600 men, valiant men, we talk about them as David's mighty men. Those 600 mighty men wanted to kill him. They wanted to stone him. And the Bible says that David got off by himself and he encouraged himself. When, you, when you're discouraged, you need to encourage yourself. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. Uh, and, you know, another thing that happens, and we see this in that same story, is that people get tired. I mean, you get tired of fighting a battle. And if you're fighting a battle that you're not supposed to be fighting, number one, you're not going to win. You know, the Bible says this about King Jehoshaphat. And when you read the story about, I mean, uh, King Josiah, when you read the story about King Josiah, he sounds like one of the greatest kings that ever lived, even greater than David. And But the Bible says also that God had called... Uh, in this division of Judah and, uh, and Israel, the ten northern tribes and the two southern tribes, that God had called the king of Egypt to come and make war against the king of Israel and all of Israel. Josiah was the king of Jerusalem, the, the king of, of Judah. And he decides that he wants to go out and fight. And the king that is coming up, leading charge, he says, Josiah, get out of this. Stay away from this. This is not your fight. God has sent me to Israel. God has sent me to bring judgment. But Josiah, one of the greatest kings that ever lived, wouldn't listen. And he started fighting a battle that he wasn't called called to fight, and he was killed in that battle. I want to tell you that you can wear yourself out, you can destroy yourself, if you continue to fight battles that you have not been called to fight. you got to hear that, guys. I mean, you will wear yourself out. And so back to the story of uh, David and, and his mighty men coming back from Ziklag, uh, David begins to praise, encouraged himself, and he says, Lord, what should I do? Should I pursue this army? God says, pursue them. And there were 200 of the 600 men that said, you know what? This is it. I can't go another step. And so 200 men waited by the stuff, the Bible calls it. I think it's just the material, all of their, you know, uh, their blankets and supplies. 
The 200 men just couldn't go any further because they had been fighting a battle that they had not been called to fight. They had wore themselves out. And when the real battle shows up that they're supposed to be fighting, they are so weary and so tired that they can't even engage in a battle that God has called them to fight. Uh, in Exodus chapter 6, verse 9, God's saying to Moses, I will, uh, I will bring you into a land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give, you, give it to you as your very own possession. I am the Lord. So Moses told the people of Israel what the Lord had said. But listen to this. God said through Moses, get ready. I'm getting ready to set you free. I'm going to get you out of slavery. I'm going to get you out of bondage. It says, but they refused to listen anymore. For they had become too discouraged by the brutality of their slavery. You know, that's Satan's goal. I mean, this whole story about the children of Israel being slaves in Egypt, uh, it's not just a story that's put in the Bible. It's something to remind us that Satan wants to put every one of you in slavery. And the way he does that is just like I said before. He'll bring so much against you. And uh, as Ralph was reading that uh, Ephesians chapter 6 about uh, warding off the fiery darts of the enemy, it says, hold up that shield of faith and ward off those fiery darts of the enemy. And so if, if you're not strong in the Lord, and if you're not strong in, in faith, and, and your, your faith gives in to fear, you're not going to be able to do that. And, you know, I've, how many? I, we've all heard this, that people have said, I've tried Christianity, it didn't work for me. You know, and it's just like, you know, they become weary. They become under spiritual attack. No one told them how to fight the good fight. Like Paul said, I have fought the good fight. And no one warned them about the attacks to come. I mean, what they probably told you in the first place was, you know, you need Jesus in your life and everything's going to get better. Well, I'll tell you what, Jesus came into my life. All hell broke loose in my life. Things didn't get better. They got worse. And just like the children of, of Israel, when Moses told them that he was getting ready to set them free, Pharaoh said, hey, if you got time to go worship God, then you got time to go uh, gather your own straw. I'm not, my guys aren't gathering straw for you anymore. And, uh, you know, they were, they were so, uh, just, you know, just, uh, uh, just worn out from the work and the, and the slavery. It was just bitter, bitter hardship for them. And there's nothing that Moses could say about God that would change their mind. And God had to show up and, and do something different in their lives. And he did it with signs and wonders. Number three, the battle is not yours. That's what the prophet told Jehoshaphat. And this is the key thought right here, that God allows battles to come into our lives, all of us. Our battles aren't our battles. Our battles are God's battles. And if you, you know, quit fighting a fight that God has not called you to fight, it's just that simple. I mean, when these problems come against you, your cry ought to be, God, here we go again. The, the war is on. I mean, I can see the watchman of the tower. I can see it's coming. I can see it's coming my way. But God, the word, word of God says, when the enemy comes against you like a flood, that God will raise up a standard against the enemy. And in fact, in the book of Job, when in the book of Job, Job's talking about the ocean and, and he's looking at the waves and he says, roar, roar, you proud breakers, because God has set a line right here. And God has said, you will come this far, but you will come no more. And that's what you need to say in your life. You need to say, God, 
this has come against me, and I'm asking you to draw a line right here. Put a line in the sand that this comes against me no more. Break the power of the enemy in my life and deal with this, Father. This is not my battle. Your word says this is your battle. The battle is the Lord's. God is never going to put you in the midst of a battle to prove your strength. He puts you in a battle to reveal his power. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 4, it says, For the Lord your God is going with you, and he will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give you victory. You hear that? That he's going to go before you, he's going to fight against your enemies, and he's going to give you the victory. And then he says to stand still. This is one of the hardest things that Christians can do. It's like we always want to, you know, get involved. We want to do something. You know, I mean, we want to help God out a little bit because we know that he's busy running the universe. You know, I, I tell you what, God can run the universe and he can handle your problems at the same time. He says, stand still. You know, we keep trying to fix things that seem that they just won't seem to get fixed. And we're constantly spending our time and our energy, you know, trying to fix things that God says, if you would just stop long enough, that you would see the hand of God. You would see the hand of God move in your life, and you could see what I can do. God's saying, I know what you can do. I know that you're just dust. But if you want to see some real action, if you want to see some real power, just back off, stand still, be quiet, and watch me work. Because I want to work. He wants to work in your life. Psalms 37, verse 7, it says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. You got it? All right. Then he says, this is such a comfort right here, guys, because no matter what you face, the prophet told uh, Jehoshaphat, he said, the Lord will be with you. In all of our battles, we're never alone. We aren't facing battles by ourselves. God is with us. God is with us. Say it. Let's say it. God is with us. God is with us. You know how I know that? Because in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Look, even before this child is born, or right after he's, he's born, he says, and, and they're quoting from Isaiah, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and she will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God is with us. And then Jesus says at the end of Matthew chapter 28, he says, teach these new disciples to obey all that I command, all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always. I am with you always. God is with us. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the end of time. God's saying that I'm going to be with you. And no matter what problem you face, God's saying, I'm going to be with you. No matter what battle you face, God's saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And sometimes we sit back and it's like, God, you know, I've done it. You've done it. We say, God, hurry up. Hurry up, God. I can't take this anymore. But I want you to know that the bondages, you know, this enemy was coming against Jehoshaphat in Jerusalem to put them into bondage. 
your enemy wants to put you into bondage. And some of you are in bondage today. And some of it may be fear, maybe pornography, could be the internet, it could be sexual sin, it could be unforgiveness and bitterness. You know, it could be anything, any, anywhere the enemy can get a foothold in your life, he's going to try to put you in bondage. He wants to shackle you. Remember what the Hebrew writer says. He says, I want you to set aside every weight that hinders you. It's kind of like the little girl with the backpack. I want you to set aside every weight. It's kind of when I think about that, I think about the old ball and chain that they used to use, you know, a hundred years ago in prisons. They had a, a prison workforce that was out working on the roads. They'd put a, a ball and a chain on them. Well, you can't run real fast with a ball and chain. And that's what he's trying to do. He wants to shackle you so that you can't run very fast and do the things that God wants you to do. He wants to hinder your work for God. See, he can't get at God. There's no way that he can get to God. But what he can get to is God's prized possession, God's love. He, gets, he wants to get to you. And if we allow him to, he will. But if we will stand our ground and rebuke the enemy, when the enemy does come in, the book of James says, draw near to God. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. You know, I, I, I think I copied that. Let me just see if I did. I think I did. Yes. This is from the message. It says, so let God work his will in you. Yell loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God, and he'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Hit bottom and cry your eyes out. The fun and games are over. Get serious. Really serious. Get down on your knees before the master. It's the only way that you'll get on your feet. I love that from the message, message translation. So the Lord says that he's going to be with us. And we looked at a couple of scriptures. And finally, this is what Jehoshaphat does. And those in Jerusalem with him. Jehoshaphat fell before the Lord, worshiping, worshiping the Lord. And this is the final key to our success in battle, is that if you focus on the battle, that's all you'll be focused on. You can't think about anything else except the problems that face you. I mean, if you stay focused on it, if you stay focused on a bad relationship or hurts and pains in your life or someone that's done you wrong or, you know, your mother or your father, or how, what they're saying about you at work, uh, you know, or what they're saying about you at school. If you stay focused on that, you can't think about anything else. But if you'll get your mind off of that, and it's hard to think about two things at one time. But if you'll get your mind off of your problems and put your mind and your heart on the Lord, that he'll break through. And, 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 and your darkness will turn into like a noonday sunshine. And all your troubles, this is from the book of Job, will pass like waters that run downstream. They'll pass over you. So we get when we find ourselves in trouble, the Lord is saying, if you'll just worship me, if you'll worship me. You know, there's a scripture that says, and I think uh, Becca might have quoted it this morning, he gave us beauty for ashes and an oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise. Listen to this. A garment of praise, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. 
If you're going through it, what that's saying is that when you're going through a difficult time, if you'll just stop what you're doing and just kind of like back up and just say, Lord, I'm going to block all of this out for just a moment. I'm going to worship you, Lord. I, th- this is going on around me right now, but God, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to shout to the heavens. I'm going to lift my voice on high. I bless you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you care for me. And because you care for me, you will work on my behalf. And I'm telling you, if you will do that, your problems will pass. I'll give you one final example and we'll close. And this is just simply about doing what Jehoshaphat did. Just, just stopping I got a great army coming against me. I mean, shouldn't we get ready? I mean, how many swords and spears do we have? How many bows and arrows do we have? I mean, shouldn't we count the shields first? Uh, I mean, which door are they going to come in first? I mean, let's, let's get a strategy here. God said, here's the strategy. You get down on your knees and you worship me. I'll break forth. I'll break forth on your behalf. And he will. All right, here's that New Testament example of just praising God in times of trouble. And this is about Paul and Silas. You guys know this. Uh, Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 22, it says, A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city official ordered them to be stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet. That's what I was talking about a while ago. In stocks. And around midnight, Paul and Silas were crying out to God saying, Oh God, why is this happening to me? What are you doing, God? Where are you? No, that's not what it says. Wait a second. That's a different translation. It's just around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God. Imagine that, praying and singing hymns when you're in prison and you're locked in fetters and, and, you know, and you've been beaten with rods and they were innocent and they were Roman citizens and they didn't have the right to do that to them, but they kept quiet and just, I think God just said, just, let's just walk through this and let me show you, let me show you the hand of God. And around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. And suddenly, I mean, can you imagine? I just, you know, what the other prisoners are listening. We're thinking, what are these guys? I mean, they just got beat. They're locked in prison. They're singing. It reminds me of a, a guy that, uh, a contractor that I had working for me. I've got, the guys that work for me are all believers. They're all Christians. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're not just like, uh, you know, Sunday go to meeting Christians. I mean, these guys are seven day a week, you know, uh, they're just proud of Jesus and proud of who they are in Jesus. And they sing. And, and this uh, contractor, this plumber, he says, what's he so happy about? You know, because he's singing in the next room. I said, man, they love Jesus. When you love Jesus, you want to sing. All right, it says, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken and the foundation, to the foundation, all the doors immediately flew open. The chains of every prisoner fell off. And the jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew the sword to kill himself. Now that would have been the punishment. He could have killed himself. He probably thought the death that he would 
you know, commit would be easier than the torture that he might receive from those that he worked for. I mean, it was basically, if you let somebody go, if somebody escapes on your watch, you die. But Paul shouted to him and he said, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. And the jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon. And he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and asked, sir, sir, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. See, God had a plan and a purpose. It looked bad. It looked bad. It looked bad for Paul and Silas, but God had a plan and a purpose. And I want to tell you that when you're going through a difficult time, God has got a plan and a purpose. And, and you, when you feel like you've reached the end of your rope, you just got to say, Lord, strengthen me. Strengthen me. Help me to stand. That's one of the scriptures. That's what, you know, uh, uh, the prophet told Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, stand still. Stand still and just watch God. Wait for the Lord. And there's going to be opportunities that God gives you every single day. Well, we were, we were in uh, Florida this last week. Uh, you know, uh, our oldest daughter was married there a couple of years ago, and we celebrate their anniversary there. And so we were down, and, you know, there was a uh, crosswalk. And I, 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 Florida's got something on us. I, I don't know what it is. But they have crosswalks where you can actually go up and push a button, like at a red light. And as soon as you push that button, I mean, the lights go off and everybody has to stop. I mean, it's not 10 minutes later, like here in Santa Fe, we're pushing it and waiting and pushing and waiting. Is this thing even, we're looking for the wiring, is the wire disconnected? You know, it's just like you push and wait, push and wait, push it a little harder, then you want to hit it and you're getting mad and frustrated and people are driving by and saying, look at that guy hitting that button. Isn't he a Christian? Isn't that a Christian? Is that guy going to church with me? But in Florida, you push the button and the light comes on. And so um, I happen to be, and I think about this, this is so cool. I happen to be walking to the light. I'm about 10 feet away from the light. Guy's approaching me. He's about 10 feet from the light. He hits the button. We walk across together. And uh, I could tell he was sweating a little bit, but I looked at his feet and he didn't have shoes on, like running shoes. He had on like loafers or slippers. And I didn't, I didn't think, you know, I, he said, I just finished my run, and I'm looking at his feet thinking, those really aren't running shoes. Not that I'm an expert or anything. But, uh, you know, it just, it just started right there. We're walking across there, and I asked him what he was doing or what he was doing in Florida. He said he was going to school. I asked him, I said, well, what are you studying? He said, well, I can't decide if I want to be a realtor or a contractor. Okay, you guys that know me a realtor and a contractor. And it was just so set up. I mean, I began to share with this guy. We got to the other side of the street, and this guy is, man, I cannot believe this. I, he said, this is like a God-appointed moment for me. And I said, well, you know, all of your business is going to be based on your relationship with the God. Your success is going to be based on your relationship with God. I said, once you establish that, once you establish a relationship with God, everything else falls into place. And I'm going to tell you the same is true for you. I mean, just imagine that. There are probably a million people in that area and two guys coming together, meeting at a crosswalk, talking, talking about the Lord, sharing Jesus with this guy. 
It was just so easy. And it's so easy when we're listening to God and we're not busy fighting wars and battles that we shouldn't be fighting. Every once in a while, God would say, hey, I'm going to connect you with this person here. I'm going to connect you with that person right there. I want you to speak words of encouragement and life and hope and speak eternal life into this individual. 